Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. Hello and welcome to yet another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. Today on the topic of the show, today on the topic of the show, no, today the topic on the show of the episode is embracing podcasting's punk rock roots. Now, I was never a punk. I grew up in a middle of nowhere Punk was something that we did, but we didn't really have punks in our town. Nobody had spiky hair, that kind of stuff. I was the closest thing we had to a punk, and I was not a punk. But that's not important. I'm not suggesting you do that. What I find interesting is when you understand how punk rock came to be, it parallels podcasting. Let me explain what I mean by that. So punk rock, I'm not going to give you the history, but just, just understand, here's, here's how it began. Punk rock were people... Some musicians, but also not always musicians. Some just fans. It doesn't matter if they were the creators or the consumers. It all kind of happened together. Anti-establishment. We want to do things our own way. But most importantly, but most importantly, we want to make something that hasn't been done. These were people who felt that they didn't have not necessarily a voice because it's not an access. They didn't have an outlet. That's a better way to say it. They didn't really have an outlet with what was happening today at their time in both the music scene and the culture scene and the fashion scene. And they just wanted to do something different. Maybe they were disenfranchised. Maybe they weren't. It doesn't matter. What matters is this was a group of people on both sides of the equation, both the suppliers of content, the creators, and the consumers of content, the listeners, who together said, we're going to make something happen. And it was unplanned, right? And that's exactly how podcasting began. It was very much an unplanned thing where there were creators and also people who wanted to listen. And it kind of worked out together. And here we are 15 years later. Also, also, there was an entire component that, you know, tried to define, this is, I think, a, a key point here. Punk spent a lot of its time trying to define what punk was. In fact, punk still does it today, or I guess recently, right? There's a song that came out, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago called A Hot Topic is Not Punk Rock. Hot Topic is, for those listening, a, a clothing store that you can find in most malls that appears to be punk rock, but is not punk rock. Say la vie. So I spent a lot of time describing what it's not, and podcasting did the same thing. Podcasters, early on, we tried to, and I'll, I'll say we, because I was definitely part of that movement, we tried to say very clearly, we're not radio even though many of us like me were on the radio at that time. We tried to say, we're not the things you're used to listening to. We want to explore something new. So we're not, we're not journalists. Today, there are many journalists who use podcasting, and there were back then at the day. We're not conforming to the regular roles. This is unique. This is different. 
Okay. Same thing punk rock did. Fashion was the same exact way. We're not going to, you know, people, uh, uh, people who were aficionados of the punk rock scene, that more the consumer side of things, adopted a certain fashion style, which is very much also like punk homemade, homegrown, doing something intentional, deconstructing old things, putting it back together in such a way to where they defined loosely and broadly what it meant to adopt that punk lifestyle. Okay, enough praising of punk. What does that mean for podcasting? Same, and I think it's the same thing that we began originally this exact same way. Taking apart things, using microphones that were utilized for other purposes, throwing up the show clock from radio, and really experimenting and creating content that our, that our people, our listeners, our consumers wanted without understanding deeply what it was that they wanted. Okay. I just described podcasting either circa 2004 through 2006 or today still for a lot of people who don't know that there's a larger world out there. And just like music's reinventing itself. But I think we podcasters and those of you who are watching and listening who might be interested in starting a podcast, I implore you to think about that. Embrace podcasting's punk rock roots and do something interesting and unique. Now, clearly, there are formulas of success. Well, there are formulas that might lead to success, I should say. So there's absolutely nothing wrong. And in fact, for most of the clients that I work with, we don't do this. We're not embracing punk rock's roots. They're looking for stability. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for a roadmap of things that they can do because they, they don't really have time and to a certain degree, interest in being super creative, they want to get business done. And they want a way to get that business done efficiently. That makes sense. But if that's, that's not everybody, there are a huge number of companies and people out there who want to be creative, who want to do brand new things. And so to you, I say, adopt the lifestyle of the punks 10 years in, or maybe two years in. When they realized, especially these are creators, oh my goodness, there's something going here. We need to up our game. We need to get professional about that. We need to learn, and many times you learn it on your own. Many times you experiment and you try things, but you certainly invest in yourself and invest in your equipment and you invest in your quality and you make it better. You don't make it like what's happening today. Punks didn't change and say, well, let's start putting out BG tunes. That wasn't what happened. But they certainly did finally learn to play the instruments. They might have used the services of a vocal coach to help them get better. But that's their talent getting better. That's their skill set getting better, not mapping towards a particular direction. And that's where I think podcasters, brand new podcasters, and even existing podcasters, we can still embrace these punk rock roots. Because podcasting still doesn't, isn't easy to define what it is. We don't have formats that we have to fit into. There are certain quality lines we should try to hit all the time. I think that's important. A lot of times it's the assumption that, well, podcasting is low quality crap. Nobody really cares. And I get it. A lot of content is that way. Just like a lot of musicians, quote unquote, in a garage cranking out stuff aren't very good. Okay, great. But if they're doing something interesting and unique, I think a lot of people, a lot of listeners can forgive some of the shortcomings 
as long as you are truly dedicated to the craft. But that's the key. It's okay to have a show that isn't perfect, but you need to make sure that you're hitting certain marks. You've got to do things on purpose. What punks didn't, here's the difference between punk rock and throwaway rock. Punk rockers deeply care about the content they're creating. But just somebody farting around in the basement with a guitar who doesn't care about things isn't really making music that people want to listen to, and they don't really care that people want to do it. They're not rushing out to put an album saying, why isn't anyone listening to me? That's just not what happens. You know, punk rock really didn't care if you bought their albums or not. They wanted you to come to their shows and wanted you to be live, but they were definitely dedicated to the craft of making something different. They may not have had a clear vision of what the final product was, but they wanted something new. You, podcaster, can take that same approach. It's okay to break convention. You should still do all the base level stuff. You need, we need good show notes. We have to have proper encoding of variables. We need, don't, don't mess with that. <laughs> let's, not, let's not mess with those sorts of things. But I would implore you, I would encourage you, in fact, to branch out, to do things that are a little unconventional or a lot unconventional, but with a purpose. Explore this medium. Do more stuff. Do more interesting things that fit your own niche. Don't think that there is a standard out there you have to achieve. There are certain standards of quality. Yes, there are certain standards of format. Yes, but as far as the content that goes inside of it, it's yours. Do something that makes it interesting to you, even if you're a business. Now, I'd love to chat with you more about that if, in fact, you are a business and you need some help because launching podcasts is what I do. Podcastlaunch.pro is where you can get more information. You can email me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. And I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, 
Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.